Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Well, as Lynn and I are looking ahead for uh, uh, retirement, which is coming faster than I ever expected would, I, I, get, I get questions, and, and one of the questions I get the most is, well, y'all gonna, are y'all going to travel? Are you going to go somewhere? And in, in fact, we are. Our, um, our honeymoon was ultimately in Key West. You, you, in 1978, in a Datsun B210, can I get an amen for a Datsun B210, uh, you, you don't get anywhere in a hurry. And uh, so we meandered uh, and stopped a couple of different places because, you know, you get in, when you're going to Key West, you get down as far as, as Tampa and you think, oh, we're almost there. Now nah, it's the other 10 hours. So, uh, but we, we did, we went there and then we also went to Walt Disney World, which was only the Magic Kingdom in those days. So for our, uh, and it's our 45th anniversary in September. So we're going to go back um, and, um, and go to Disney because, I mean, that, that, that honeymoon trip was so much fun. Um, you know, you got, you, you got people, you know, f- tourists flooding the, the streets out there and, you know, on wobbly legs and looking a little stunned and you have people dressed in animal costumes and, and Disney was pretty nice too, but, but that, but yeah, Key West, if you've ever been to Key West, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, so we're going to go there. And, and as I thought about that this week, I, I remembered, I remembered a trip we took the very first time we took one of our daughters, uh, Lauren was five, uh, Christy, I don't remember what we did with her. I think we put some newspaper down or something. She was, she was two, but no, my mom took care of her. But, but, uh, but I was going on business down a business trip to Disney with the radio station. And so Lynn and I could go on, on as Disney was paying for that. All we had to do was fly Lauren, uh, Lauren down there. So we took her, she was five years old. It was an incredible trip, but we wore her out. She, and, and Lauren's a trooper and she's ready to, to go, go, go. And so it was about the last night we were there. We were there for a week, and I had a dinner with a Disney representative at Alfredo's, which is this really nice restaurant in the Italian uh, pavilion uh, over in, in Epcot. So, so we were supposed to meet the Disney rep at a certain time, and we stayed out at the parks too long, and we went back to the room so we could kind of freshen up. And, and, and I said, Lauren, how you doing? I'm fine, Daddy. I'm fine. So as soon as we got on the bus uh, to take us to Epcot, um, she collapsed. And so she got in my lap on the bus, and I thought, well, good. You rest, honey. Well, she fell asleep. She felt complete. I mean, like she was gone. So we get, and if you've ever been to Epcot, you know that where the buses or, or the, where the monorail lets you off uh, is as far away as you can be from the other end of the waters of the world where all those pavilions are, and in particular, the, the uh, Italy pavilion. So, so Lauren's in my arms, and, Lauren, and Lynn is like, don't wake her up, don't wake her up. And I'm like, okay. So we're dressed up for dinner, and it starts pouring the rain. 
and starts, I mean, one of those wonderful little Orlando showers that turned into a thunderstorm. So we're making our way, and Lauren is in my arms, and she is absolutely asleep. So I'm walking as fast as I can go because we're getting soaked. Lynn stopped and bought, you know, one of those $19 cheap little ponchos. It's $19 because it's got Tinkerbell on it, and we, we draped that over her, and, and we made our way. I mean, it took forever. It probably took 30 minutes to walk uh, from there to the, to, we were late for dinner, but, but she never woke up and we're bumping into people and I'm walking as fast as I can go and it's pouring the rain and there's thunder and there's lightning and she never opened her eyes. So we finally got to Alfredo's and we walked in the door and when you walk in the door, you just have this wonderful warm smell of garlic and herbs. So we walked in the door, and we saw the Disney rep, and she waved. And so we were standing there waiting for her to come over. And Lauren raised her head up and kind of squinted through her eyes and said, I'm hungry. <laughs> so good. She never woke up. And the reason she didn't wake up and the reason she was able to find, even in the midst of literally a storm, and she was to be able to find enough peace in her father's arms to sleep is because, and this is the key word for this morning, trust. She trusted me. She didn't know why she trusted me other than she loved me. And I'd pretty much proven myself to be trustworthy in her five years on this planet. And she trusted me enough to completely let herself go and put herself completely in my, literally in my arms and go along for the ride right through the storm. She was still in the storm. She still got wet. The thunder and lightning were all around us. We were being jostled, bumping into people as we were trying to make time. But she never woke up. She, she was just blissfully at peace through the whole thing because she trusted me. So hold on to that as we now move into our, our final episode, if you will, of Empowered by the Spirit, as we talk about on the many ways that the Holy Spirit brings us into the very presence of God. The Holy Spirit is, in fact, the interactive, real-time presence of God on earth. And we've looked at already at how the Holy Spirit miraculously connects us to God. We've talked about how the Holy Spirit makes us be able to have access to all the wisdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit will use us and compel us to be a part of, of serving so that we can bring a little bit of heaven to earth. And the Holy Spirit has, 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 has shown us how we can be encouraged by turning to God and, and allowing the Spirit, Spirit to encourage us in times of great difficulty. Last week, we saw that even by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to take part in God's great, His great salvation work on this planet. And even we can witness to our faith and help somebody else to find that treasure that we found in Jesus. And today, as we wrap up, we want to talk about how it is that the Holy Spirit brings us the power of peace. It almost sounds contradictory, but it really isn't. It's that power to have peace in the midst of storms, in the midst of everything that's going on in our life. And the very fact of the matter is trust is the key that unlocks the peace that only God can give. When we trust, we open ourselves up to entering a reality that 
is greater than and often very different from the reality that we're experiencing in any given moment and in any situation. So, okay, okay, preacher, great. We're going to have peace. Hear that all the time. Don't let anybody rob your peace. Give me peace, Lord. Will and I were just talking about that movie, The Apostle, uh, where uh, Robert Duvall is praying, give me peace, give me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. You know, what, what is this peace that God promises? Well, it, it can't be an absence of trouble. Uh, all we have to do is read the book of Acts because it was to the disciples right before Jesus was arrested, the night before he was crucified, it was to the disciples that he said, my peace I give to you. And if you read the book of Acts, you realize they had anything but peace. So what, what is this peace? I'm glad you asked. Let's turn to Jesus' words himself from John chapter 14, uh, verses 26 and 27. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Mentioned and uh, before, I guess I was in the other room last week, but I'm, I'm sure that you've heard preachers talk about it. Will may have talked about it in here. Uh, this word, and I'm no Greek scholar, and I don't want to stand up here and pretend to be. I, I did read, read a little bit about Greek in, in seminary. But the word that translates to advocate can also translate to counselor. It can translate to comforter. Uh, this word that Jesus uses to talk about the spirit that he's sending uh, to, to, be, to be his presence on earth, which is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is the actual presence of Christ on earth. Uh, and, and that's why it's so important that we understand that while the Holy Spirit is a mystery, how we access the Holy Spirit and how we find ourselves in the Spirit's presence is not. We can do that. And, and Greek words never translate well into English, and they always have multiple meanings. And so I want us to particularly this morning hear that translation of comforter or consoler, if you go look in the actual. And I did, again, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I have books about those words, and consoler is one of those words. And that's one of the things the Spirit does. And Jesus says he doesn't give as the world gives. And that's, that's worth a pause right there. How does the world give? And how does the world offer us peace? And the world is simply, is simply everything that isn't kingdom-oriented. It's not good or bad. It's a term that Jesus used to be everything that is, is not a part of his coming kingdom. That's one way to look at it. Uh, and certainly, you know, one of the ways that the world offers us peace is consumerism. And now let me say right now, I consume. I consume stuff. And I'm not, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with consuming stuff. But I think it is problematic whenever that becomes then our little G God and we assume that that those things will make us feel good. You know, when we drive a, a quieter car, when we take a better cruise line or a vacation uh, to a better location, or, you know, if we just have a stronger paper towel, then, then somehow that, that's going to bring us peace. If we invest with, with the right broker and buy, carry the right credit card, and for heaven's sake, at least if we have Allstate insurance, if we don't have peace, at least we won't have mayhem ramming us from behind in his big blue car. But, but that's, that's the way the world gives, and it's, it's situational, and it's temporal, and, and, it, and it's all external, and that's the problem. 
The way the world gives us peace is all based on our circumstances. And all of those things, having you know, a, a credit card and using it wisely and, and taking a cruise or going on vacations or driving a quieter car, all those things, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not our salvation. That's not where we will find this lasting peace. And the reason is the peace that Jesus gives us via the Holy Spirit comes from within. It's not out there. It's not something we have to grab a hold of and somehow wrangle so that we can have a little bit of it. It's something that God gives from the inside out that we always have more than we need if we can keep our focus on him. And to go back to our key word for the day, if we can trust, if we can trust in those situations that what God is telling us, that what the Holy Spirit, his spirit is encouraging us, is actually going to be better than what the world might be offering in that moment. Peace comes through divine inspiration that always transcends our current situation. And, and sometimes that's hard to see because what consumerism offers us is right there. We can control it. And that's the, that's the piece about God that makes it hard for us to trust is because it seems to be completely out of our, our control. And hallelujah, it is. I don't want to be in control if God can be in control for me. So it's hard to let go of the wheel, but God has got the situation un, in control. So the disciples learned to trust Jesus. It, they didn't immediately but they learned, and of course, Jesus was the actual flesh and blood presence of God on the planet, and they learned that, that they could eventually trust him for the necessities of life, to have food when there didn't seem to be any food available, that um, he would have their back when they were threatened by the religious authorities that wanted to get all over them because they were picking heads of grain on the Sabbath because they were hungry because they'd been out on a mission trip, or that Jesus would not abandon them literally in a storm in a boat on the lake. They learned to trust him. And just as Jesus had inspired them, the Holy Spirit is here to inspire us. If, if, if we can let go and if we can trust in that moment that God's idea in any given situation is going to be better than ours. And that way we can find this peace from the inside out instead of the outside in. And there's some scriptures um, that help us to that. Uh, let me read this one from Galatians. This is from Galatians 5. This is Paul writing to the church at Galatia. That's why it's called that. And I just want to read a couple of verses from there uh, that, that, that help us understand the role that scripture plays in keeping ourselves in touch with the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When we stay close to the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit reveals the closeness of God because it's through the Scriptures that we see how God actually has a role in our lives in sometimes the most mundane things and sometimes the most important things. But scriptures show us how God has been doing that forever and ever. I mean, how do you learn to trust anybody? You spend time with them. You learn someone's heart. 
You, you see if, if they've been faithful in the past. Have we been always been able to trust this person? If we're looking at, at, at the possibility of trusting someone in any given moment, can I trust that person's nature? Can I trust that they've been faithful before? And, and this is really important, too, when we think about learning if we can trust someone. How do they see me? Who do they think I am, and, and do they care about me? And if you apply that to God, the very nature of God is love. I mean, his heart is full of love because the Bible tells us that's what God is. Has he been faithful before? Ask the people of Israel. There were times when they didn't think he was even there. And all along the way, he was taking care of them. All along the way, he was literally providing food that fell out of the sky and water that flowed out of a rock and all sorts of other miraculous ways that he cared for them. Yes, he's faithful. And, and what does he think about us? What does, what, can we trust God enough based on what he thinks about us? What does God think about you? What does God think about me? Any questions? He loves you and me desperately. We can trust him. So... So can we trust him in, in particular situations? Because, you know, there are certain situations in life that we all have in common where we struggle with peace. Or let me say that. I won't presume anything this morning where I struggle with peace, and maybe you do too. Take relationships, for example. We find ourselves often struggling in relationships because we we take what the world has to give. And what the world says is, don't you let anybody get one up on you. Don't you let someone else have the last word. You be sure that you're the alpha dog in that conversation. And the best thing to do is don't let him get a word in edgewise. Make sure you stand your ground. Well, okay. Let me say right quick that I'm not suggesting anything, that I'm not suggesting that we let anybody run over us, okay? I'm not saying that. But, but that's, that's trusting ourselves. That's trusting the world's conventional wisdom. And usually, when we are having conflict and someone is perhaps being aggressive toward us, Generally speaking, being aggressive back toward them may feel good in the moment. No, you're not going to say that to me. But it is ever, does it ever actually resolve anything other than making somebody be quiet for a minute? And that doesn't resolve anything. What does God say? And if we, if we, if we turn to the Scriptures, then the Holy Spirit interprets for us in real time the difference it can make. Let me show you. Like Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, if you think about relationships and, and how would we find peace in a relationship. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And, and this one from Romans 12 is really good too. I, I try to keep this in mind uh, because th this is the one that the world would go, that doesn't work. Yeah, it does. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's whenever if someone, you know, if we're in a relationship and there's some conflict and it's clear that we're just not going to see eye to eye, 
that's whenever we find ourselves going, okay, I don't agree with you, uh, but, but that's okay. You know, let's, let's, just, let's just let that go for now. And maybe we can come back at it in a different direction another time. As far as it depends on you. And see, that keeps it internal. That way we're not, we're not depending on somebody else to give us peace in a relationship issue. As far as it depends on you and the Spirit of God in us guiding us, we can have peace in relationships. Um, Jesus said it best in, the, in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. And you know, he, you can also translate that word reconcilers. The ones who were willing to find a way to make it work. Again, I'm not saying that we need to just let people run over us. We certainly never are called to let someone verbally or otherwise abuse us in a relationship. Never, ever. I'm not saying that. There's clearly a time when we have to walk away. But we don't have to throw fuel on the fire. We can take the higher ground. And that is, I believe, a way that we can find peace internally in relationships. What about finances? You know, that, you know, the number one killer of marriages, it's not infidelity, that's, that's bad, should never happen. It's conflict over money. That's what ends more marriages than any other single thing. Not money, conflict over money. Money isn't good or bad. It's like fire. It, it just is. Fire can cook your meal or burn down your house. just depends on how you use it. Money's the same way. It's our attitude toward money. The Bible says the love of money creates all sorts of problems. So, for instance, you know, the world would certainly take one view on that, that you need to do everything you can to get as much of it as you can at whatever cost it, it brings. Now, we all need money to live, and I want money. I want to be able to pay my bills, and I want to be able to know that I've, I've done the right thing there. But that's not what we're talking about. Philippians 4, 11, 13. Again, going back to the Scriptures, which the Holy Spirit interprets for us. I'm not Paul is talking. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. For I know... Uh, what it is to be in need, I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In other words, Paul has figured out how to be content, going back to our key word, by trusting God in each situation. And that's hard to do. And Lynn and I have struggled with that now for almost 45 years. And I would be the last person in the world, talk about a fraud, to stand up here and try to give a lecture or a sermon about finances. But because we've made so many mistakes. But if there's one thing we've gotten right, and it has proved to be true now, uh, as we come to the other end of our work life, and that is we learn to live within our means. Now, there were times we spent more than we should on things. And, and we love to cook. And, and I love to cook. And we love to go out to eat. But we don't do it all the time. We do it when we can. And we've always lived in a house that we could afford. And, and we tried to keep our focus on each other and our life together. And let that be bigger than the other stuff around us. And there were times that I was scared to death about how we were going to retire. Uh, 
But now as I look back and as I talk to uh, the, the people who help us with what money we have, I understand that God has blessed all that all along the way. And you know what? I have peace with it. We're, we're not wealthy, not even close. And there were times in our life that w- I didn't know how it was going to work whenever we made that transition into ministry and I was in seminary. There were times I had no idea how we were going to make a mortgage payment, how we were going to take care of our girls. But God provided. God just provided. And I can't explain it. But we kept our focus on doing what we thought God wanted us to do, keeping our, keeping our, uh, keeping our circle smaller that we could handle, and it's worked out. And it's been blessing all along the way. It's doing it God's way. That's, that's the way I believe Jesus gives us peace, even in our finances, when we do it his way. One other, one other. And this one uh, uh, is important to all of us because we all have trouble. And trouble could be a report from the doctor that, that caught us off guard and knocked the breath out of us. Trouble could be a phone call we got that said that person that we love so much is gone. Trouble could be the call that we got that said, you know what, we're eliminating your position. It could be any number of things. Jesus said this in John 16, just a little bit later, in this same conversation with his disciples, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, I know that seems hard when we get that call and we find out that someone we desperately love has died. Have you really overcome the world, Jesus? You know, when we find out that, you know, we, we're, we're overextended and the job just ran out and my position's been eliminated, what do we do? Jesus, have you really overcome the world? And Jesus would say, yes, that's the world. That's the stuff out there. I've got you in here. I'm going to keep you in one piece. If you will trust me, I will keep you in one piece, and we'll take one step at a time, and we'll move through this no matter what happens. I'm sure you've seen. I didn't, bring a, I didn't put a picture of it up because it's so poignant, even though the picture was taken at the request of the father in the picture. But I want to get, say their names, Mursu Hanser and his daughter Ermak in Turkey. Have you seen the picture of the father sitting out on the rubble that was their apartment, and he's sitting on some broken bricks, and he has his hand reaching through a, an opening in the rubble, and he's holding his daughter's hand, his 15-year-old daughter. He's holding her hand. He sat there. I don't know how long he's been sitting there, freezing weather, and he hasn't moved, and she's gone. She died, and he was holding her hand, and he's still holding her hand, and he wanted the photographer to take the picture so that the world could see their sorrow. And that's the way I believe Jesus says he has overcome the world. Even death, he has overcome. And when we face that moment, we never face it alone. And the faith faith we have in Christ Jesus opens up to us this incredible power and presence of the Holy Spirit, who is God in that moment holding our hand. 
as our heart stops beating on this side of the Jordan and starts on the other side. He has overcome the world. Peace is knowing that God has us now and forever. And the Holy Spirit is our witness. In Romans it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And just as surely as Lauren rested in her father's arms in the midst of a storm in perfect peace, we can too. We can rest in the arms of our father in any storm. And the Holy Spirit bears witness and is with us and will be through it all. Trust. We simply trust that it's true based upon everything that God has done to be faithful in the past, knowing his great love for us, and he will never, ever let us down. Trust is the key that unlocks the peace that only God can give. Amen? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your love. We always say that, but Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for loving us. In spite of everything, you love us. In all of our circumstances, you love us. When we're obedient, you love us. When we disobey, you love us. When we're at our best, you love us. When we're at our worst, you love us. Maybe even more as you're loving us back to that person you want us to be. Oh God, we pray, we pray that we would be so alert to the power and presence of your very spirit who is here with us, always ready to witness inside so that we may may experience peace from the inside out not contingent upon any situation or circumstance but that we can find peace in it all knowing that we are in your arms and will be forever thank you O god for your love and for your holy spirit that brings it to us in real time in jesus name we pray Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.